you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. God said something cool. He said, for real this time in 2009. For real this time. In 2009, I know that some of you that are here today, you're still overflowing from Christmas. I don't mean to offend anybody, but I know that some of you that are still here, you're still overflowing from Christmas and New Year's. That's the time when you, you told your cousin or your uncle or your sister or your, or your mother, your father, your grandma, all right, I'll come to church with you Christmas, fine. And so you came to Christmas and then... And, and you, maybe you came to New Year, maybe you liked it a little bit and you're still here, but, but you know your pattern, you're about to start dwindling off. Anybody know, am, am I talking truth? No, just me and Laura, alright. So, I, I, I just pray that it's for real this time in 2009. I pray, I, I want to let you know that you made a good choice. You made a good choice. Amen? You made a good choice. Not just this church. I'm not talking about here. I'm saying you made a good choice in saying, God, I, I, I want to start giving you priority in my life. Amen. God, I, I want I I it to be real this time. And so I just want to welcome you and tell you, 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 you're doing good. Amen. You're doing good. There's plenty of people out there that tell you you're messing up and you're screwing up and, and you're a loser and you, you're never going to make it. And you're not going to. I want to tell you, you're doing good. Amen. Tell somebody next to you, I'm glad you're here. You look good in this place. Amen. Well, all right. We, we ended off last, last year, we ended off the week last year with a message titled, Should Have Put a Ring on It. Should Have Put a Ring on It. Yes, and you missed it. I did the video and the whole nine. We were talking about making commitments, right, at the, the end of this year. And so, you know, we're talking about making commitments this, this new year. And last week, I mean, more than half the church was standing. More than half the church stood. And you were making commitments for the first time to God, some of you. You were making commitments for just to be rededicated to God, some of you. Some of you were making commitments to become members of this church. And some of you were making commitments to start a 21-day journey which starts today after lunch. Amen? How many of you are excited? Some of you thought you messed up already. So I ate already. We're going to start, just, we didn't make it too official, we're making it official now. We're starting today after lunch. So I'm giving you one last meal. Say amen. amen. So enjoy it. So a lot, a lot of you made that commitment to join us on this 21-day Daniel fast, which starts today after lunch. Many of you stood up and you said, I like it and I'm going to put a ring on it. Amen. You said, I'm going to put a ring on it. That means I'm going to make a commitment to you. Let, let, me, let me show you the difference between commitment and resolution. How many of you made resolutions already? Just one of us. Come on, some of you want to be skinnier. Some of you want to be bigger. Some of you want to be more muscular. There, there you go, one's going. Some of you want to, you know, there's just some things that we can't do. I'm sorry. But, but you make resolutions anyway, right? How many of you broken some resolutions already? It's only the, come on, it's only the fourth. It's only the fourth. Let me show you the difference between a resolution and a commitment. 
I like definitions. The, the dictionary says resolu resolution means a firm decision to do or not to do something. Right? Isn't that what we do? I, I'm not going to eat so many hamburgers. I'm going to eat more, whatever, right? And, and so you make a decision to do or not to do something. A commitment is different. If you look in the dictionary, a commitment says it is the act of committing or the act of pledging or setting aside. So if you play with those words, really, resolutions are about making commitments. Commitments are about keeping resolutions. Come on, write that down. That's good. Resolutions are about making commitments. Commitments are about following through with resolutions. How many of you made some commitments last year and you're ready today to follow through with them? Amen. Six of us. Hallelujah. Come on, who made some commitments? There was, don't make me go to the pictures. We made commitments last week. I'm not going to forget. I hope it wasn't all emotional and you got all, oh, oh, yeah, 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 God. And you stand up. I'm sick of that. Amen. For real this time in 2009. For real this time. Not emotions, not, oh yeah, that's a great song. It really moved my insides. And God, I just want to, you know, make your desire in me and, and, and whatever, whatever. But then you walk out the door and nothing changes, right? And nothing happens. For real. Some of you made some commitments and we're here to follow through. Amen? If you didn't, you're going to have a chance to make some today. Because remember, it's never too late to be what you might have been. Tell somebody that next to you. It is never too late to be what you might have been. Amen. Some of you said it all sarcastic, but that's all right. Listen, since we were about to embark on this 21-day journey called the Daniel Fast, and I want to give you some encouragement. I was listening this morning to um, Jensen Franklin. He's, he's real big on the, on the fast. Anybody listens to him sometimes? It's an awesome church out in Midwest someplace. I don't know where he's at. But there are over 100,000 people that have signed up to do this fasting movement. It's, he's been doing it for a lot of years now. This is the first time that we're, that we're jumping in. But I want to let you know, it's not just, you know, the 200 of us here. There are hundreds of thousands of Christians that start today to do 21 days of fasting. Can you imagine if, if it was for real this time, how many, 100,000 plus us, how, how different that could make some things in this world. Does anybody believe that? Because otherwise, go have a chuleta because it doesn't matter. If you don't really believe that, you know what I'm saying, then go eat. It, it, because you got to believe that fasting is going to do something. you got to believe and trust that, that God is going to do something in your life and that God is going to do something through you in other people's lives. Amen? That, that's what it's all about. And so as we're embarking on this journey, I wanted to take a look at that prophet's life and make sure that as a body we understand where we're going, what we're doing, and why. Amen? And so if you're visiting today for the first time, or if you have no intention of doing the fast, I still believe God's going to talk to you through this message titled, Full in an Empty Place. Amen? Full in an Empty Place. I got that from Isaiah 58. I want to read that to you real quick. Isaiah 58, starting in verse 11, it says, this is God speaking to us. He says, I will always show you where to go. I'll give you a full life in the emptiest of places. Firm muscles, strong bones, you will be like a well-watered garden. <coughs> 
a gurgling spring that never runs dry. You'll use the old rubble of past lives to build a new, rebuild the foundations from out of your past. Did you hear that? You'll use the old rubble of past lives to rebuild. Does that excite anybody? You'll be known as those who can fix anything, who restore old ruins, who rebuild and renovate and make the community livable again. See, chapter 58 of Isaiah is a chapter about fasting. God promises us, if we get it right, I'll give you a full life in the emptiest of places. You need to understand, some of you, it doesn't matter where you live, it doesn't matter what people are doing around you, where you work, it doesn't matter how people are living all around you and your family, it doesn't matter what's going on, it doesn't matter where you are, you could be in the emptiest of places and God says, I will give you a full life. A full life. Amen? I hope that got somebody's attention. Living a full life in an empty place. Let's go to Daniel. I want you to see some things that I, I never even noticed before in this book. Right at the start of Daniel chapter 1. How you doing, Ray? Good to see you, man. Glad you're here. It's not like a young person that'll sit and say, I'm not going to go to church. I want to hear the word. Well, it gets me excited. Forget about you guys. Right at the start of Daniel chapter 1, you, you, you got to really just focus with me on this. You got to understand. We're told in, in Daniel chapter 1 that the king Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, he takes over Jerusalem. He besieges the city and he takes over Jerusalem. And look what he says in verse 3. It says, the king told Ashpenaz, the head of the palace staff, to get some Israelites from the royal family and nobility to get young men who were healthy and handsome, intelligent and well-educated, good prospects for leadership positions in the government, perfect specimens, and indoctrinate them. What does indoctrinate mean? It means to teach a person to accept a certain set of beliefs uncritically. That's deep. He says to get all these young guys and indoctrinate them in the Babylonian language and in the lore of magic and fortune telling. And the king then ordered that they be served from the same menu as the royal table, the best food, the finest wines. And after three years of training, they would be given positions in the king's court. So you understand what's going on. The book of Daniel tells us about four of those young men that were chosen. There were many chosen. This is something that was done. There were many chosen and, and, and picked and just chosen to be part of this training, to be part of this indoctrination, right? These teenagers, they were chosen because they were young, because they were leadership material. How many know there were no losers chosen? You, do you understand? Do you see how they even had to be good looking? Do, do, I mean, in that little... Sounds a little pedophilish to me, but, but they even had to be good looking. They had to be handsome, strong, leadership material type of young men. Notice he didn't want old guys. Notice he didn't want no old people. Notice he didn't want any, any uh, uh, proven men. He didn't want any old men, any men that were, you know, that were special, any men that had proven themselves. He wanted young men. See, this enemy of God's people chose the young men that he might indoctrinate them, teach them to accept a certain set of beliefs uncritically. Young people, please listen to this message, young people. Take your Walkmans out of your... Walkmans, I'm real old. Take your iPods. 
out of your ears. If you're sitting next to somebody that talks too much, tell them to shut up, move. You need to hear this, please. These teenagers were chosen, right, because they were young. Listen, because you, you, you need to hear this because nothing has changed since those times. Please hear this. The enemy of God is still trying to indoctrinate you to accept a certain set of beliefs uncritically. The first thing that the king does after choosing these young people is he changes their names. This is key. You got you to gotta catch this. He changes their names. See, to Hebrew, you know, to the Hebrews, and, and in that time, names meant something. Names were everything. They were part of who you are. Today we name kids after cars and singers and rappers and movie stars. We name kids Bumfufu and think it's cute. We name kids Umfafa and whatever, right? We just name kids whatever. Flaquito, Paquito, Chiquito, whatever. Like it doesn't mean nothing to us. It's different for us. But in that time a name meant something. So you, you understand, it was part of their identity. And so the first thing this enemy of God does after choosing these teens is he tries to change their identity. You understand? See, Daniel's name means God is my judge. That's what his name means. So this young man walked around saying, God is my judge. That's different from some of you that have the tattoo that say, only God can judge me. That's a different attitude, you understand? His name meant God is my judge. He changed his name to Belteshazzar, which means Bel protect his life. Bel is a foreign god. So, so you see the difference in identity, walking around saying, God is my judge to, I, I hope this foreign god protects my life. You see the difference in identity. The, the friend's name was Hananiah. Hananiah means Jehovah is gracious. That name became Shadrach, meaning the command of the moon god. The other guy's name, Michelle, Mishael, which means who is like God. Well, that name became Meshach, meaning who is like a coup, another foreign god. So he went from saying, I, my name is Michelle, who is like God. To, my name is Michelle, who is like a, or my name is Shadrach, who is like a coup, another foreign god, a coup, a king, I don't know, right? Another foreign god. So you see how it, it's changing. The last guy, Azariah, his name means Jehovah is my helper. He became Abednego, meaning the servant of Nego. Wow. Did, do you see that? You go from saying, God is my helper, to I'm the servant of a foreign God, of a lesser God. So he changed their identity to some of those young people. Those two things alone set them up to sell out. Some kids just need to know that someone chose them and that someone gave them identity. Do, do you follow where I'm going? Some kids just need to know that someone chose them and someone gives them identity. Wake up, church. Wake up, parents. Why are kids joining gangs? Because someone chose them and someone gave them identity. Come on. Do you understand what I'm saying? Someone chose them and someone gave them identity. Why? Because maybe the church isn't doing it. Maybe the parents aren't doing it. Mom and dad aren't doing it. No, the, 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 the people around aren't doing it, but the world is doing it. The enemy of God is doing it. It's choosing them and it's giving them identity. And that's enough for some kids to sell out. 
So why are we doing this Daniel fast for 21 days? Because we're calling back a generation that's been targeted for indoctrination. Anybody going to stand with me on that? We're calling back a generation that's been targeted, chosen, and renamed. And that's why we're doing a Daniel fast. I don't know about you, but that's enough for me to put a pork chop down and chew on some string beans for a little while as I pray more, as I read more, as I study more. It's enough for me because I love my kids that much. I love your kids that much. They mean that much to me that that's enough for me to do this 21-day fast. I, I hope that that would work for you. But what made Daniel and these three young men able to stand? This is key. Daniel and those three young men had already been trained. Catch this. They had already been trained. What, what, he, he's, he already understands, listen to this quote, Daniel himself thrived in such a world through persistent prayer, a community of like-minded friends. I mean, you know, the people that surround you matter. The people that surround you matter. So Daniel prayed, he surrounded himself with steadfast friends, like-minded friends, and he kept a hope that God is the only one that can change the time and the season, and no one is going to hold back God's hands. That's how Daniel survived. But listen, why? Why has he been trained this way? 17 years before the four young men would have to face down this powerful pagan God, their parents had made a covenant with God during a revival under King Josiah that's recorded in 2 Kings 23. Their parents had already made a covenant with God 17 years prior. They committed themselves to God's law and to teach it to their sons. 17 years made a profound difference as one generation passed a living and courageous faith to the next generation. Why are we doing this 21 days of fasting? Because we're training and passing on a living and courageous faith to the next generation. Somebody say amen. Listen to me. If Papi can't let go of a pork chop long enough to teach his boys real sacrifice, and I don't mean that as a joke, and I'm real serious. If, 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 we, can't, if we can't just make a little sacrifice to teach our kids some real sacrifice, then there is a world system that has already chosen that kid, has already chosen your boys, is already indoctrinating them through the music, the media, the movies, everything all around them. So congratulations, Papi, because you've already made it harder for every youth leader in America by not being able to stand, by not being willing to stand. I'm, 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 this is some serious stuff. I really want you to, to kind of understand this. Look what it says in verse 8. It says, But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and the wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Daniel made a New Year's resolution under that system and he kept it. This is Daniel's first fast. Daniel fasts three times through the book of Daniel. We're only going to deal with the first one today, but as we're in this, this, this 21 days, these three weeks, we're going to be you know, teaching and learning and going through the book of Daniel and, and understanding some things. Amen? So we're going to talk about that in the next, throughout the next couple of weeks. But this, is, this one is important because this choice was serious. He told the steward, the guy that prepared the food for all of these, these young men, he told him, listen, do, don't give us that menu. Just bring us vegetables and water. 
And the guy says, I, you know, I, I would do what you asked me, but I'm scared that, you know, my king, he's a wicked dude. He's a mean guy. And so if, if he starts seeing you guys looking sick or messed up, then I'm going to get in trouble because I didn't give you that. And so Daniel says, well, listen, test us for 10 days. Just bring us vegetables and water and test us for 10 days. And so this was the fast. And, and then, you know, if we look sick or something, if we don't look right, then you could change the diet back. The word tells us, listen to this. That after 10 days of not defiling himself with the king's food, these young men looked better, were stronger than all of the others. And then we have no reason to believe that Daniel ever went off of that fast all the time that he was there. See, Daniel lived a fasted lifestyle. There's difference, right, between people that just fast and somebody that lives a fasted lifestyle. And so Daniel lived a fasted lifestyle from that point on. We, we never read anywhere where he chose to go back. He chose not to eat from the king's menu. And we learned as we read that he prayed regularly, consistently. As a matter of fact, that almost got him killed a couple times. How many of you would pray if it almost got you killed? It's a little scary, ain't it? It's a little different. Like, we get to pray and we don't want to pray. Oh, praying is boring. But when you pray, when you're sick, when you're in trouble... Right? When you, when you take a test, then, then all of a sudden, pray is not boring. All of a sudden, pray is different. Right? Or when, when somebody just got hit by a car, when somebody's really sick, when mom's not feeling. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, like I, I get this in young people, then all of a sudden you want to pray. See, but pray is living a lifestyle of prayer. Amen? Pray, and that's something that I pray is going to happen throughout this fast. We're going to not just do this for the 21 days, but the, the habits that we're going to develop during these 21 days are going to take us into life. Amen? are going to be a life change. I, I believe that. So the story tells us that they ended up stronger and looked better than all the others, but there's something even better than that. Verse 17 says this, God gave these four young men knowledge and skill in both books and life. In addition, Daniel was gifted in understanding all sorts of visions and dreams. At the end of the time set by the king for their training, the head of the royal staff brought them into Nebuchadnezzar to the king. And when the king interviewed them, he found them far superior to all the other young men. It says there were none were a match for Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And so they took their place in the king's service. And whenever the king consulted them on anything, books, life, anything, he found them ten times more qualified than all the magicians and enchanters in the kingdom put together. Why are we doing the Daniel fast? Because we want more understanding from God. Amen? Because we want understanding. We want God's wisdom. We want, we want to understand what it is that God wants. We want to have purpose. We want to be closer to God. We want clarity. We want discernment. Does anybody need vision and purpose for this year? Wouldn't it be great to start this year with vision and purpose? Right? So many people start the new year intoxicated beyond their days. And then, you know, you wake up. Is it Monday? Is it Tuesday? I don't know. Is it Wednesday? You don't know what's going on. Your head is, your, your head is banging. Right? Some of us used to do that. Right? And, and so, and, and like, what a way to start a new year. I don't even know what week it is. When do I go back to work? When does school start? Right? I mean, just, just wasted. Can you imagine this year just saying the first 21 days, man, I'm just going to start seeking God for, for direction for the rest of, of the year. For direction for my job. For direction for my family. For direction. Who should I marry? Should I marry this person? Should I not marry this person? God, I need to know. I don't want to be praying later. Amen? Now's the time to pray. Singles, 
All my single ladies, all my single. Now's the time to pray. Amen? Not, not afterwards coming to prayer. Well, my husband's a jerk. He won't come to church. He won't. I didn't marry him. I didn't pick him. Right? Now's the time. Listen, whenever you have a major decision in front of you, fast and pray. We're going to learn this, this, this discipline through this time. Whenever there's a major decision, fast and pray. Whenever there's something big <coughs> that's going to really have an impact on your life, you fast and pray. Say, God, this decision is more important to me than a meal. I could skip a meal or two. This decision could ruin my life. Right? A burger not going to mess me up too much, but this decision could ruin my life. And so you fast and you pray. Amen? And that's why we're doing a 21-day fast. Listen, if you're excited about this fast, because I hear these comments, you know, I hear the, the, the water cooler talk. If you're excited about this fast because you want to lose weight, you are missing the point entirely. That is the wrong JC. That's Jenny Craig, not Jesus Christ. Amen? Jenny Craig makes you pay for it. Jesus says, I've paid the way for you. Amen? So, the the wrong reasons. Amen? It's all about motive. Listen to this quote. There is nothing magical about fasting. It's just one way of telling God that your priority at the moment is to be alone with Him. It's about sorting out whatever is necessary and you've canceled the meal, the party, the TV show, whatever else you had planned to do in order to fulfill that priority. That's fasting. Okay? It's not losing weight. It's not being healthier. All those things will happen. Not the motive. Amen? In, in the book Celebration of Discipline, Richard Foster comments this. He says, It is sobering to realize that the very first statement Jesus made about fasting dealt with the question of motive. To use good things to our own ends is always the sign of false religion. Fasting must forever center on God. It must be God-initiated, God-ordained. Fasting reminds us that we're sustained by every word that comes from the mouth of of the Lord. Therefore, in experiences of fasting, listen to this, we are not so much abstaining from food as we are feasting on the Word of God. Fasting, we are, fasting is feasting. I never heard that. Fasting is feasting. See, when we hear fasting, all we think is, God, I'm not going to eat. God, I'm going to be so hungry. God, my coffee, I'm going to have headaches. God, I'm not going to... But, but if, if we change the mindset that fasting is not about going without, fasting is about feasting. Oh, wow, that will mess you up. Fasting is about feasting. It's about getting in God's Word and saying, God, I'm so hungry. But I'm setting that aside because you're more important to me. Because I need more from you. Because I need to understand. I need to have clarity. I need to have vision. I need to have purpose. Amen? Start looking at it as feasting as opposed to fasting. Listen, these 21 days, we need to eat less and read more. I see nobody writing. We need to eat less and read more. Eat less and read more. We need to talk less and listen more. We need to focus less on what we could or can't eat and draw closer to God who can give us the full life in the emptiest of places. 
Wow. How you fast depends on who you want to impress. How you fast depends on who you want to impress. If your fast is for spiritual benefit, then no one else but God needs to applaud your commitment. Jesus said, when you fast, don't walk around. So all your co-worker, what's happening? Oh, don't go near here. He's cranky. He's his church. He's religious. They they will mock you. They will make fun of you, and rightfully so. You deserve it. You deserve it because you're being a jerk, really, right? Oh, I'm just fasting for Jesus. Why would anybody want to be like you in, in work? I'm fat. But God don't make me eat. No, no. That's 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 me and God thing. You understand? So it, he says, don't don't. He said, he said, dress yourself up. And look good, right? And, and let it be an internal thing between you. God, I'm hungry, but I'm looking hot today. Amen? I'm hungry, but I'm fly. Right? God don't need to know nothing. I'm, people don't need to know. I'm fly. Look at me. And, and they hear, but that's, you know, that's just God calling out to me or something. There's something going on. Amen? How you fast depends on who you want to impress. That's, that's serious. All right, so what happens next? The king has a dream. <coughs> Check this out. And no one on his staff of wise men, magicians, fortune tellers, all the brujos and brujas that this guy has, can't tell him what the dream means. The king gets so mad, he says, I'm go-, he ordered them all dead. That's a mean dude, right? He trains all these guys up. And then because they can't answer his dream, he wants them all dead. And so he orders that they all be killed. But now Daniel is part of that crew. He, he finds out that he's going to be killed because he's one of those, you know, he was never consulted, but he's one of the group, so he's just going to be killed, him and his friends with everybody else that just ordered to be killed. So Daniel goes back to his friends, and he asks them to pray with him that God might give him the interpretation of the dream and save all of their lives. Side note, if you do not have people that you can pray with, you do not have friends. You need to hear that. If you can't go to people, see, a friend is somebody that will do more than just, yo, I got your back, son. Anything happen with you that got to go through me, that's... Listen, the other day we saw, I saw a couple out on the street, and my wife took notice of them and I took notice and it looked like he was going to hit her it was a couple I didn't know they were just you know around the neighborhood and, and he looked like he was going to hit her and so we stopped the car and we waited and then they went different ways so I would have slapped him for her and he's not my friend do, do you understand so that's not about friendship friendship is somebody that you can come to and say listen I need to hear from God on this would you fast with me? Would you pray with me? Would you just at least spend some time with me and let's pray together? Would you keep this in prayer? Would you, would you keep kind of listening? If you don't have someone that can hear from God for you when you can't, you don't have a friend. And that's, wow, that might be some shocking stuff to some of you, but it's real. We need that, amen? A friend isn't somebody that just lend you money and stand with you for a fight or, 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 or anything like that. A friend is more than that. And I pray this fast will change some of the company that you keep. It's designed to do that. See, because if you're drawing close to God, it only means that you're going to be drawing away from some people. 
Unless those people are drawing close to God. See how cool that works? See, if, if they're drawing close to God, then we're going the same direction. But if they're not drawing, that's confetti from New Year. How'd that come down right now? Yes, Lord? Wow. If they're not drawing, I think he was just celebrating, it's true. If they're not drawing closer to God, then they're pulling away from where you are, and it's okay. Somebody say, is, you know, would you would just understand today it's okay to lose some friends? It's okay to drop some people in your life? Amen? It's okay, and that's not being, you're not going to be a jerk about it. You're not going to be, go, don't, please, don't, I hate this. Don't go to people, I'm a Christian now, I can't hang out with you. That is the worst thing in your life. Don't ever do that. That's not shining and showing the love of God. You shine and you show the love of God. What happens is, as you start drawing, if they don't come with you, if they're not attracted to that, they're repelled by that. And so they'll start, and it'll just happen naturally. And sometimes God will, God will do that to you to help you. We, you need, we need that. I've had a lot of people ripped from my life. I need that. We need that. And then, but the awesome thing is that as you're drawing close to God, there's other people there. And God all of a sudden is like, yo, what's up? And it's like, wow. This, this, you know what I'm saying? There's different relationships. And those are all kinds of relationships. But those relationships should all come out of coming closer to God. Amen. All right. So we're in this for three weeks. I'll be teaching through the book of Daniel for that time, but let me end with this. That night, God gave the answer to Daniel in a vision. They prayed. God gives them a vision. And God gave the answer to Daniel in this vision. Now you have to understand the challenge before you can understand how awesome God is. See, the challenge was the king didn't want just somebody to interpret the dream. The king wanted somebody to tell him the dream and then interpret it. How many know that's another level of spirituality there? Right? That's another level. He wanted somebody to, to, to tell him the dream and then interpret it. And so that's why all the brujos said, I, I, you know, only a God can do that. We can't do that. Because you know what? You can tell people a story and, and everybody will tell you something about it. Amen? Right? You tell somebody you have a dream and everybody will tell you. Listen, you go to somebody and say, oh, I had a dream about a tree with this really thick bark. And the person will tell you, oh, man, I'm just seeing this. The Lord is saying you need to use more moisturizer. Your skin is really dry. The, the bark is just the dry skin. You've seen the commercial, right? And, and so the Lord is using that commercial, and, and, and it's just dry. And, and then you, if you're a fool, you say, wow, how'd you know I had dry skin? Because I see your ashy face. That's, you, do you, you understand? People go come with their butt out there from everywhere, and it's not godly wisdom. Amen? It's not godly wisdom. See, uh, our associate pastor, Pastor Gary, he's my Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego all wrapped up in one big Jewish guy. When God gives me dreams, I call Gary. And, and I know that Gary prays and we pray. And then as we pray, before he calls me back and gives me a word and gives me a story and interpretation to it, God has already revealed that in my spirit to accept it and receive it. Do you understand? There's a difference. Amen? There's a difference, and, and if, if you didn't know anything about that, we have a, an email set up for that. It's dreams at sanctuaryfellowship.com. Send your dreams. You're not going to get, it's not Desparate at Sanctuary Fellowship. It's dreams. You send it to, to Gary. We're, we're going to pray, and we're going to send back um, what we believe is something from the Lord. Amen? Dot org. I say come. Dreams at sanctuaryfellowship.org. That's our website. It's on your, it's on your bulletins. 
So why are we doing this Daniel fast? Because we need discernment like that. We need to know when God is speaking to us. We need to know through who God is speaking to us. Amen? See, so many times, we, we are a very, since, since the start, we're a very prophetic church. A lot of people don't like us for that reason. Because they've been burnt by prophecy. They've been burnt by, by people in the prophetic. They've been burnt. Why? Because people haven't been taught about it. People don't understand and have no discernment on God. And so you, you, you start meeting people in the back of the churches and they start telling you, oh, oh no, let me tell you, you don't have to talk to them. Let me, let me. No, the Lord says you have dry skin. And, and, and to do that, well, you probably have to just leave your wife. You know, you start getting all kinds of craziness. What you need to do is sow into my ministry. And if you sow into my ministry, God's going to reveal the blessings. Come on, you've, you've heard this, right? If you sow into the, the, this, what God is doing through me. No, I'm not. No, the, I don't know the pastor. The pastor don't know me. But if you sow in through this ministry. See, that's, that's some dis, div, divisive, crazy stuff. You, we, we need, we're doing a Daniel fast because we need discernment. I believe the body of Christ needs discernment. In these days, we need to know that we're hearing from God. We need to know that it's God speaking to us. Amen? And, and can I just tell you something, people? God speaks to you. Amen? God speaks to you. I know maybe you might not hear that in too many churches, but God speaks to you. God is not a respecter of persons. He doesn't have to come through me to speak to you. He doesn't have to use Mary or this one or that one or a saint or nothing. God will speak to you directly. Would you, would you understand that and go through life looking and listening for God's voice? And that's what you're going to be doing these 21 days. God will speak to you in the most ridiculous ways and it's incredible. Amen? I shared a story a long time ago. I was, I was kind of down. I was depressed. And, and, you know, I was just kind of struggling with some things. We had just started in the church, and it was rough. And I was in the supermarket doing the food shopping, because I do the food shopping. And, you know, they're always playing music in the supermarket. And so I'm, I'm just doing the food shopping that day, and that song, an old song came on from the Bee Gees, or one of those guys, saying, Dance with me. I want to be your partner. Can't you see the music softly playing? Uh, and, and I'll tell you, God just spoke to me and just blessed me with that song. Do you understand? I'm not telling you, like, go listen to secular music so you can hear from God. No. I'm saying God will use the circumstance and the situation that you're in. Because God says, I want you to have a full life in the emptiest of places. So see, I was in an empty place. I was in a supermarket. This wasn't church. This wasn't a revival meeting. I'm in a supermarket, an empty place, spiritually. But God just filled me up. I got so excited. I left that place, man. It was, I think I, I preached the whole message on it because it was just so real to me. God touched me in such a way. And he'll do that to you in these 21 days. Why? Because you're going to be listening. You're going to be more alert. Let's have the ushers come and, and, and bring that. But I want you to, to, to listen to this also. Now, the word of God, and I wrote a paper on this. It's on the website. Um, if you look on the website, there's a big banner that says the Daniel Fast. Stacy and Margie, man, they did an awesome job with that website. And on there, there's, there's, there's whole, uh, everything, menus, there's things, there's foods to eat, foods to not eat, foods, things to help you out, some tips and stuff to do. There's also a blog that we put on there so now we can chat. I, I, did, I put in the first blog so you can respond to me and we can kind of communicate during the week. Amen? So maybe you could get off MySpace for a week. Like fast MySpace and Facebook for a week and let's just blog on the church website. Wow. Imagine that. No naked girls, no G-strings, no, no bras, no cleavage. Just, just a, a blog with no pictures. I know it's going to be hard for some of you. 
but it'll be good. Now listen, and I, I said in that blog, I said, you know, the Word of God doesn't talk about the, no TVs, no iPods, no, it doesn't talk about that, but of course they, they didn't exist, right? They didn't exist. Those distractions weren't around. Listen to me, you cannot be, and I'm not being legalistic in the, any sense of the word. If you know me, you know there's no, I don't want any, and I don't want this fast to bring legalism into this church either through this fast. This fast is something that God calls us to do. Amen? has nothing to do with our earrings and hair, short hair, long hair, by makeup, pants, skirts. I, I don't care. Amen? So, you cannot be sensitized and listening to God and fasting if you're still feeding yourself the other way as well. Do, do you understand? So, I'm not going to, let's not be legalistic and not say, throw it away, do whatever. But let's say for these 21 days... Let's moderate. Let's watch what we're listening to. Let's watch what, we're, what we're, we're putting before our eyes. Let's maybe change the quality of the movies that we're watching. Let's change the quality of the music that we're listening to. Listen, if you're listening to music that every other, every other um, um, word is silent, yo, I want to... Do you understand? You know the words and you repeat them and you probably say them with the song because it makes you say it. You understand? So can for these 21 days, can we, can we chill with that? Can we just back up with that and say, God, I can't hear you with little Wayne speaking in my ear. I can't because I can't. I'm not that good. I'm not that spiritual. I can't hear you if all I'm hearing is Britney Spears whispering. I can't. Do you understand? or Beyonce, or anybody else. I can't listen. I can't be sensitive to God when, when, listen, look how that thing is designed. There's two things in your ears. Doesn't that say something to you? There's two things in your ears. What does this do? Parents, what happens when your kids do this, when you're trying to tell them something? And they go, you want to break, right? But what are they telling you? Say, I'm not listening to you. This means I'm not listening to you. So, so how can we fast? Imagine we go around hungry, but we got these, and we're saying, God, I'm not listening to you. I'm not listening to you. And then you'll be the ones at the end of the 21-day fast saying, this was stupid. Nothing happened. I didn't, nothing changed. Because you're still listening to the same person. Amen? Can you sacrifice a little? Come on, ushers, let's come on. Let's come forward. Can you sacrifice a little, not just food, but sacrifice what we're watching, what we're listening to, what we're hearing? I want to give you a true meal today before we go into this fast. And, and I already said you're going to have the lunch, so you can have lunch after church and, and as, you, as you gather together, as you go food shopping maybe and prepare yourself. To give you real quick, the Daniel fast is fruits, vegetables, and water and juice, 100% juice. So a big thing of that you're cutting out is coffee, soda, chocolate. Feasting, not fasting. Flip it. Flip it in your heart. Flip it in your head. It's feasting, not fasting. Why? Because He did this for us. 
Why? Because he did this for us. He didn't complain. He, Jesus came, God came as a man to earth. I mean, come on, you want to complain about 21 days? God came as a man to earth, took on man's form to live as a man in a sinful world, to endure sin, to endure hatred, to endure mockery, and to live all of those years till in his 30s he would be persecuted and beaten and spit on and humiliated and he chose to do that so that we could have a full life in this empty place the next time you want to complain about coffee and you want to complain about not having say God man you God, you didn't complain you didn't complain and you did it for no reason I'm doing it for a reason you did it you had no reason to do it for you you did it for me God, he, he said, God, Jesus said, I did it for you. I laid down my life. No one takes it from me. I lay it down so that you might have life, so that we might have life. Amen? Let's go ahead and, and hand it out. I want you to just take it and hold it when it comes to you. <clears throat> if you're visiting, a lot of people have issues with, if you're not a member, you can't take communion. If you, listen, Jesus died for each and every one of you. I'm going to ask that each and every one of you take it. Hold it at least, take it. And then if you make a decision today, if you're saying, God, I commit to you today, God, I'm, I'm committing my life to you, then you are free to take it. I don't care if, if you're not a member or if we don't see you again. This is between you and God, amen? The Word of God says Jesus came that we might have a full life, even in the emptiest of places. I've seen so many people living exactly the op opposite way, empty in the, in the fullest of places. People who have everything money can buy and they're still empty. This new year, don't resolve to have more things to fill up your life. Commit to God to have Him fill up your life. Gary, I'm going to ask you to come and pray for us in a moment. Yeah, as a matter of fact, let's do that now and then I'm just going to close with some practical advice for those of you that are doing the fast. Can you just pray for this body and blood and have us partake together? I'm just going to ask you to hold up the bread first. This whole side didn't get any cup. See, this bread, the Bible says, represents the broken body of Jesus. And the word says that if you eat this bread, that there's healing, that there's power, and more than anything else, there's life in this bread. There's resurrection life. That as you take it, if you can see this truth in the Spirit, and as we pray, that it will become life to you. Maybe there's dead things in your life from this past year.
But there's a new wave. There's a new season coming right now. This isn't just any old communion. But I believe that if you'll take hold of it by faith, that as we pray, as we eat this bread, I believe there's life to your body, that everything in your emotions, in your relationship, in your marriage, in your finances, everything that's died, in your relationship with God, there's life, life from the dead. I don't care how dead it is. I don't care how long it's been. You don't have to have depression anymore in this year. So let's just pray. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for this bread representing your broken body, God. That you gave everything that you had. You were willing to endure the affliction. See, this bread is called the bread of affliction. You took our wounds, God. You took our sins, oh God, on your back so that we won't have to, Lord God, so that we can be free. So as we take this bread, I release resurrection power in your life. I represent new hope, a new beginning in in the life of God. So, Father, we thank you, and we just take it in right now in Jesus' name. Just just take it in. Just eat this bread. And as you do, receive life. Let's just take the cup right now. Father, we just thank you. You see, this cup represents the blood of Jesus. And the Bible says that there's healing in the blood. There's power in the blood. Jesus shed his blood so that you could be healed. So that your mind could be made whole. So that you can live a prosperous and a blessed life with all of your sins forgiven. And here's a new beginning for you in this new year. Everything that you've done, every failure, every lack, every weakness, the Lord says, I forgive you, and it's in the blood. There's new beginnings even as you enter into this fast. You're coming into a fast where every bad, even evil, malicious thing you've ever done is forgiven because of the blood of Jesus. So I'm just going to pray right now. Father, I just plead the blood of Jesus over every mind right now, Lord God. In every place, Lord God, where there's self-hatred and shame, Lord God, where there's rejection, I speak the blood of Jesus. I speak the mercy of God over you. See, this blood represents God's grace and mercy. That though you, you might... Be filled with sin from the past. He's made you in the spirit whiter than snow. And the Lord wants you to know you're you're entering a fast, clean and pure. You're a mighty man of God. You're 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 a woman of valor, a woman of virtue. And I I just plead this blood over your life, over your family, over your bank account, 
over your home, over your children, that there's victory in this year, and it's all because Jesus paid the price. And we thank you, Lord God. We thank you that, that you did the work for us, and all we have to do is enter in. So as a body, I'm going to ask you if that's you, just stand just as a sign before God that you're entering into a new season, a new time, a new level. You're leaving the past behind. That's what you're telling God right now. You're saying, I'm leaving that, that old self behind. And I'm stepping into the newness of God. I, I'm stepping into a new identity today as a son or a daughter. So, Father, we just thank you for this blood. And we receive your forgiveness, Lord God. We receive strength. We receive power. We thank you, Lord God. And as you drink this, I hear the Lord saying that some of you are going to be healed physically. Because there's healing, the Bible says, in the vine. Some of you are going to be receive physical healing as you take this communion right now. So, Father, we thank you and we receive it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Just partake of the, this representing the blood of the Lord. Those of you that are going to take make this commitment today to take this 21-day fast with us, would you just, amen, would you just raise a hand? Amen. Amen. Look around. Look around. Look around. Look around. Not to condemn when we fall, but to encourage when we trip. Amen? All right. You can put your hand down. Let me give you these quick tips really quickly. Some practical advice as we're doing this. The first one is make a commitment ahead of time and stick to it. Some of you, there's, and, and please read the blog that we put on the website. If there's medical reasons why you shouldn't do this, that's okay. Don't do this. Okay? Please, please make, you know, know that if there's a medical reason why you can't do this, that's okay. That's, that's, you, you pray and you ask God other things that he wants you to fast. It doesn't make you any less spiritual. Amen? But make a commitment ahead of time and stick to it. I want to let you know I've already made a commitment to God to go through this, but I've already said, God, there's going to be two events that I'm not going to be on the fast. Two events in the, in the three weeks. And that's a commitment I already made to God. So it's not like something came up. And it's not like I'm going to alter it or switch it. No, I'm saying, God, ahead of time, I'm making a commitment to you. 
this is what I'm doing. So make a commitment and stick to it. I don't think God is counting the days as much as he's counting who prays. Amen. That's what matters. Number two, fasting is not forcing. Some people think by fasting, I'm going to force God to answer my prayers. By fasting, I'm going to force God to give me an answer. Fasting works more on us than it does on God. Amen. Number three, if you mess up, you're not a failure. You're not less holy than anybody. You're not, not never going to be spiritual. If you fail, start again. Amen. Can we, can we just encourage one another like that? Get, make a group and, and, and keep each other accountable. But if you fail, start again. God didn't turn his back on you because you, you ate some meat. If you fail, start again. Number four, don't, there, there are a lot of foods that you're allowed to eat on the fast. For example, brown rice as opposed to white rice. For example, you can have a baked potato for lunch. Don't overdo it. Don't have four baked potatoes for lunch because you can't eat the chicken. Don't have four plates of brown rice because you can have the brown rice. Allow yourself to experience some sacrifice. Amen? You won't experience the hunger and the sacrifice if you fill yourself up on what you can eat. Take time to experience the sacrifice and pray through it. Lastly, we, we've put together some journals. And they're going to be waiting for you at the Welcome Center. If you're going to do this fast, I, I encourage you to take a journal. And journal, man. Write some things out. And when you go home tonight, say, God, this is what I expect to come out of this. Go into things with expectation. You need to, it's okay to say, God, this is what I expect. That's not forcing God. That's saying, God, this is what I want. I want I want to be closer to you. I want to be able to, to worship differently. I want whatever it is financial, emotional, spiritual. Listen, fasting, Gary already said, fasting breaks conditions. Fasting breaks um, sin that entangles us and have habitual things. Fasting can break that. If that's what you believe in God to do, then, then journal it, write it down. Ask God some of those questions that you've been scared to hear answers to during this time. And record some of those answers. Again, the website is there. We're going to always be, have a lot of information on the website. And I encourage you to log in and, and, and check on things. Take this time to, to listen to messages that you never caught before. Or to listen to messages that meant something to you and you want to hear them again. All of that is free on the website. Take time to read. Take time to study. Take time. Listen, this is, this is key. That would have been bad. Take time to worship during this 21 day fast your worship will change I promise you your worship will change because what we're doing is we're taking the worship off of food it's real easy to worship a good greasy burnt chuleta right we're taking the worship off of that and we're saying God you mean more to me and I'm making this sacrifice because I love you and because I want to be closer to you 
that'll go so much further. So worship during that time. Amen. Let me just say I love you guys. I'm encouraged by you guys. I'm encouraged to, to see what God is going to do through this time. I can't wait to start to hear, even this Wednesday at prayer, what God is already doing in your lives. We are on an awesome journey together, and I can't wait. Part of, part of even the, 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 the best part of getting there is the journey. That's the fun part, man. We're going to have an awesome time. We're going to hear some awesome testimonies. We're going to see God do some miraculous things. Amen? Father, I thank you for those that are standing. I thank you, Lord God, for everyone that's here today, Lord. I pray that you bless them. I pray that you seal their hearts with your love today, God. Father, bring them around like-minded people, God. Father, select their friends. Father, speak to them, Lord. Speak to them in, in the supermarket. Speak to them in the car. Speak to them as they worship. Speak to them as they read. Father, make their word come alive and active as your word says that it is, God. Change us during this time, God. Change us during this time, God. We thank you. We love you. And we'll give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship before we leave. Come on. Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless.